Joshua 2. I'm going to read verse 1. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. If you are there, shout hallelujah. Joshua chapter 2, verse 1. I read. And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Praise the Lord. Today is our annual Thanksgiving service. And I actually prepared a message on Thanksgiving. But the more I looked at it, the more I knew that was not, that's not the message God wants me to preach today. Because God has a word for someone here this morning. And I hope you don't live here without receiving that word. And so we're going to continue with our studies on the battles of Joshua. The battles of who? Of Joshua. And the subtitle of our discussion this morning is, Who Shall I Send? Who Shall I Send? The passage we just read, the Bible says, Joshua sent out two men to spy the land, how? Secretly. That's the key. He sent them out, somebody who said, Nicodemusly. In other words, they went, they went at night, they went at a time they would not be seen. They went at a time nobody was on the lookout for them. They carried out the assignment they were given, and they came back onto Joshua. But you want to contrast that with a previous experience that Israel had. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 13, from verse 1, that the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Send men to search out the land of Canaan. Of every tribe of their father's house, send a man. Every man a ruler among them. So in Numbers chapter 13 verse 1, we see Moses sending out 12 men to spy out the land of Canaan. And the men went. And I'm sure many of us know the result of that expedition. Because when you go to Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 22, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 22, the Bible tells us some things additionally about that trip. Moses said, and ye came to me. Every one of you and said, we will send men before us. They shall search us out the land and bring us word again by what we may go up and into what cities we shall come. In other words, it was the men of Israel themselves that came unto Moses and said, this land to which you are taking us, we've not been there before. We don't want to just go into the land without having some previous knowledge of the land. Let us send some people into the land. And then democracy came in. Because what Moses did was that he picked one man from each tribe. The Bible says he picked 12 men. How many men? 12 men. And he sent them to the promised land. He said, go, look at the land. 
And there are a few things that are highlighted about this man and what they did. Number one, they were rulers of the people. So the men that Moses sent to spy out the promised land were not ordinary men. He took the leaders of every tribe and said, you will go to this land, view this land for us and come and give us a message on how the land looks. So they were rulers of the, of the people. And like I've said earlier on, there were 12. One representative of each tribe. Number three, the Bible tells us that they went through all the land of Canaan. And I'm highlighting this so that you will see the, the difference between what they did and what the spies that Joshua sent did. So these 12 men went through all the land of Canaan. They saw the goods of the land. And they brought some fruits from that land. And I'm sure there are some individuals here today that between the first of this year and today, the sixth day of the year, God has given you some revelations. God has told you some things about how good this year will be. And I want to assure someone today, this year will be good. Amen. Tell somebody this year will be good. Some of us have we've seen some insight into how good the year will be. These men went into the promised land. They saw the goods of the land. The Bible says they brought the grapes of the land. Very big, very juicy, very luscious. I hope that's the right word. Grapes. They brought them and said, this land is fertile. And I'm telling someone here today, the year 2019 is fertile. Amen. There are glorious harvests for you this year in Jesus' name. So they went, they saw, and they brought the goodies of the land. Yet, the Bible says, 10 men out of those 12 came and said, in spite of all the good things we have seen, we were like, giant, we were like grasshoppers before giants. We cannot conquer this land. Let us not go. Only Caleb and Joshua came back with a good report. Only Caleb and Joshua said, God has given us this land. If the Lord delights in us, we can go, we can conquer. They saw with their eyes, but they lacked the faith to conquer. And because of that, brethren, the Bible says they perished in the wilderness. And brethren, in the year 2019, there is a wilderness. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Because equally, in the year 2019, there is a land of promise. A land that is full of goodies. Of good things. You will attain those goodies in Jesus' name. When I now look at what Joshua did, Joshua sent just two men. And I think back onto what Moses did. And I said to myself, maybe Moses just sent how many? Two. Maybe should have just sent two. Two men that are chosen by the guidance of the living God and not by the powers of democracy. Democracy failed Israel in the wilderness. But thank God, he saw them through. Because, brethren, when you look through the scriptures, you realize that in many instances that God wants to send more than one person on assignments like this, he sends only two people. And they come back with good results. 
in the passage that we read in Joshua chapter, uh, chapter 2 verse 1, Joshua sent two men. How many men? Two. two. And the Bible says they were sent anonymously. We don't even know their names. We don't know their tribes. They were ordinary men like you and I. But they had an assignment from the living God. And that's a word for someone here today. You are going into this new year. And it looks like nobody knows you. For now, nobody needs to know you. But somebody knows you. And who is that person? He's the one that has given you the assignment. Because at the fullness of time, it shall come to pass that all will know you. Because when eventually Jericho was overtaken by the children of Israel, it was those two spies, we still don't know their names, that delivered the household of Rahab. Whatever assignment God is giving unto you this, this year, he might have given you that assignment, like I said, Nicodemusly. It's just you and him. The Bible says, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it how? Do it with all of your might. Remember that this year somebody's glory will shine. But there is a time you need to get ready. And at that point in time, it may just be you and God. These spies were anonymous. We don't know their names. We don't know their tribes. It's like the way God called Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1. The Bible makes us understand that the Bible just says, Elisha the Tisbite of the inhabitants of Gilead. He just came up and began to prophesy unto Ahab. That was not the norm in Israel. We don't know his heritage. We don't know where he was coming from. The man that took over from him, Elisha, we know it was of a noble heritage. He was the son of a rich man. Not so, we know nothing about Elijah. But God gave him an assignment and he fulfilled it. You will fulfill yours in Jesus' name. Yeah. I said you will fulfill yours in Jesus' name. Yeah. These two men were sent only to Jericho. They were not sent to the whole of the promised land. Your assignment is specific. That's what your assignment is specific. And I pray you will find out what that assignment is. Because if you don't find out what it is, you will be running after another man's assignment. And you know what? You begin to envy that man. But it's not his fault that you don't know what you are doing. Tell your neighbor you must know what you are doing this year. Joshua sent those two men to Jericho. If they had decided that this Jericho, why would we just wait in Jericho? Let's go to Gibeon. Would they have achieved any divine purpose? In fact, they would have been killed on the way. They were sent to a specific location, brethren, and they went. And the Bible says, they saw Jericho only from the confines of Rahab's house. So unlike the twelve spies, that walked through the promised land. These ones, they saw Jericho 
only as far as Rahab's house. And the Bible says Rahab's house was built on the wall of the city. They didn't go too far into the city. No wonder the Bible says we walk by what? By what? And not by? The 12 spies, they went, they saw, they still failed. The two spies went. The only thing they saw was the house of Rahab. The house of a harlot. And in fact, the Bible says, when the king of Jericho heard that there were some spies in their midst and sent for them, the Bible says, Rahab hid these people on the roof underneath the flags. So even the, the hours they spent in Jericho, they didn't, it was not comfortable. But they achieved divine purpose. You will achieve divine purpose. Amen. I said you will achieve divine purpose. Amen. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. They went to Jericho. They saw. But more importantly, they had. They did what? They had. They had what Rahab said. That this land, we are all like vegetables. You can see the gate is locked. Nobody goes out, nobody comes in. Because we have heard of what your God did across the sea. And we know wherever you come to, victory is assured. And I'm telling someone here today that wherever you go to in this new year, victory is assured. I'm telling someone here today that whatsoever you lay your hands onto this year, victory is assured. Because the journey you will embark upon is the journey that God has sent you onto. And you will succeed in Jesus' name. This man had only the testimony of Rahab. But they believed. They couldn't go any further. No wonder the Bible tells me. In Romans chapter 10 verse 11. It said, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Who is that person? Believeth on who? If you believe in Jesus as we continue the journey of 2019, I can give you one assurance. You will not be ashamed. Amen. I said you will not be ashamed. Amen. And you see, if you have the assurance that you will not be ashamed, no matter how big the task is, then you will face it, knowing fully well that you cannot fail. Is that not so? There's a song that we normally sing that says, I cannot fail. I cannot fail. Because of Jesus, I cannot fail. If your trust is in Jesus, if your faith is in Jesus, as you embark upon the journey of this year, you will not fail in Jesus' name. Your faith will be rewarded in Jesus' name. By the time these two spies came back to meet uh, uh, Joshua and Israel, their faith was energized. The faith of Israel was energized. And brethren, when the journey was over, the wall of Jericho had fallen. Jericho was conquered. Every Jericho on your way this year will fall in Jesus' name. Amen. God used two anonymous spies to achieve what ten could not achieve. Remember the topic we are discussing these days, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send? The Bible says these two spies, they, got, they dwelt in the house of Rahab. 
When you look at the story of Rahab, there are many reasons why God should not have used Rahab. True or false? God did not just use Rahab. God considered her for honor. God will honor you. I said God will honor you. When God is looking for men and women that he will honor this year, he will find you faithful in Jesus' name. What are some reasons why God should not have used Rahab? Why, if it were left to us, we would not use Rahab? Number one, Rahab was a Canaanite. And the Bible tells me that God said everybody in Canaan should be what? Wiped out, killed. Why will God begin to use them? Number two, she was a woman. In our time today, that doesn't mean much. But in those days, it meant a lot. Remember, at the end of the day, Rahab saved her household. She did what? If it were left to the men of that household, they would do what? They would perish in Jericho. Because the spies will have had no business with them. But that which was a weakness in the society at that time became a strength unto her. And I'm speaking to somebody's life today. Your weakness will become a strength. In other words, God will use your weakness to lift you up. I was reading about a pastor some days ago. And he said when he started his ministry, he had one weakness. And his weakness was his hot temper. There are some things he could not tolerate. And every now and then, his wife would have to come and be pacifying him. Eventually, he got over it. But even at that point in time, when he was a raw pastor, when God was dealing with him, he learned to use that intolerance of, of uh, deficiencies to his advantage. To ensure that the work of God was perfected. Your weakness will become an advantage. God will use your weakness to lift you up in Jesus' name. Number three, Rahab was a harlot. That one is obvious, right? Is it not very obvious? The God we know, the way we know him or the way we want to know him. He will have no use for a harlot. But God said it was Rahab he will use. Just as God has made up his mind yes. that he will use somebody here. Yes, yes. Somebody does not like that statement. I said, God will use somebody here. Amen. God will use you in Jesus' name. Amen. No matter what your shortcomings may be, no matter what your sins may be, God will find you useful in Jesus' name. Amen. Another reason why God should not have used Rahab is that Rahab was a liar. True or false? Yes. She was a liar. The Bible says when the emissaries of the king came to her and said, some two men came into your house today. Bring them out. Want to hear what their mission is? Rahab said, no, it's true. Some men came into my house, but they've gone. Before the gate was shut, they did what? They went out. Was she telling the truth? Before somebody will say, I'm going to tell the type of lie they have told. God does not condone lies. Many are times we try to help God when he doesn't need, need our help. Tell somebody, God does not need your help. 
You just need to be a true and responsible child of God and God will do what? He will arise for you. He will arise for you. I say he will arise for you. A man of God was sharing the story of somebody who was a young convert. He met him, led him to Christ. But this man was dealing with alcoholism. So not only was he led to Christ, this man of God took him to someone that employed him, gave him a job. And he started well, was doing well, but within about two weeks of resuming that job, one day he went back to his old ways. Went, he became drunk, and of course you know the result, he overslept. When he was supposed to be at work the following morning, he was still sleeping. So the man that gave him the job, the, the pastor that got the job for him for some reason just decided to get in touch with him and found out that at that point in time, the man was still sleeping when he was supposed to be at work. So he went to his house, woke him up, got him ready, and knew in that state he could not drive to work. So that pastor did what? He drove him to work. Then the man said, this job is gone. What am I going to tell them when I get there? What did the pastor tell him to do? He said, tell them the truth. Do what? Tell them the truth. That's a way where many of us will look for the alternative. That is the situation where we are going to claim to be smart. We will claim to be wise. The man got there, said, I'm sorry. I went back into old habits. I was drunk overnight and I overslept. Here I am. Whatever you guys want to do. And the woman he spoke to looked at him and said, we understand. We are all, uh, what do they call them? Recovering alcoholics in this place. Go back home. Go and rest. Come back, whatever. I mean, give him some days. When they were supposed to sack him, they, they, they appreciated his shortcomings. They helped him to overcome it because he did not tell a lie like many of us will do. And you know what? When you go and tell a lie, nobody knows you have a witness in which, in which place they can help you. Even those that are supposed to help you are the ones that will push you into the mouth of the lion. The next thing will be to be asking for prayers. And then we say, we prayed, God did not answer. But the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also. You will not reap the reward of iniquity. Yeah. I said, you will not reap the reward of iniquity. Yeah. Rahab was a liar. But she got to a turning point. She got to a turning point. Because the Bible tells us, in Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, that she made a statement. She said, as soon as we had these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Now look at what she said. She said, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. When Rahab began to talk to these men, after the, those, those that would have captured them had gone, she made a confession about the living God. Your God is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. So the Bible says, if you believe in your heart 
and you make confession with your mouth, you will what? You will be saved. There was a progression from where she was to where she ought to be. Now, Rahab, however, had some endearing attributes that made God not only to use her, but to graft her into the lineage of Jesus. Rahab had some good attributes. What are some of those attributes? Number one, Rahab was decisive. Rahab was what? She had to make up her mind in the twinkle of a second. She had to choose. Do I want to remain in Jericho and perish? Or do I want to go with these people that I know they serve a God who can deliver them and deliver me? She was decisive. This year, when you know what God wants you to do, make up your mind and do it. Tell somebody, make up your mind. And do it. Brother, God is a God of time. If he expects you to do it in January and you decide you will do it in May, by the time you do it in May, you're on your own. Everything that he has put in place has gone. It will not be too late for you in Jesus' name. Rahab was decisive. That's number one. Number two, Rahab was courageous. She was what? Is that, not, is, is that not what God was telling Joshua? She had an attribute that even Joshua needed encouragement in. God kept telling Joshua, take courage. Be courageous. I have spoken to you. Brethren, Rahab did not hear the voice of any God. Did she? But she made up her mind. It's like the case of Ruth. Ruth said, your God shall be my God. Rahab said, this is your God I must experience him. And I pray for someone here this year, that this year, you will experience the living God. Amen. I said, this year you will experience the living God. Amen. Number three, Rahab was willing to change. She was willing to do what? They always tell us that there is only one thing that is permanent. And what is that thing? Is somebody with me this morning? Only one thing is permanent. And that thing is what? Change. If not for change, this is a new year, right? We have changed from the old to the new. And there are one or two people in our midst that God is telling you, you need to change in some things. You need to let go of some old habits. You need to begin to cultivate some new ones. You need to give God his rightful place in your life. Rahab was willing to change. Number four, Rahab loved her family. She did what? She loved her family. Do you love your family? Ask your neighbor, do you love your family? You didn't ask your husband, no? I say, ask your neighbor, do you love your family? It's a very... Rahab loved her family. When she was asking for to be delivered from Jericho, she said, it's not only me, me and my household, we will not perish in this place. Because I have made up my mind that this your God, I will follow him. And she did not perish. 
Neither did any member of our household that obeyed, that listened to her. None of them perished. I was reading a story somewhere that they kept, I mean, a man was told that ask for anything. Anything. I don't know if it's true or not, but I read it. Ask for anything you want. I think the man is a Nigerian. And whatever we give you, we are going to give your brother twice. Amen? Amen. So he thought, what do I, if I ask for a million dollars, they will give my brother two million dollars. Yeah, no, I can't know. How can he have two million dollars? If I ask for a house, they will do what? They will give my brother two. What can I get? I, I need to deal with that, my brother. So what did he eventually settle for? Does anybody know? Huh? Oh, you've not read the story. He said they should pluck out one of his eyes. <laughs> yes. Because when they pluck out one of his eyes, they will do what? They will pluck out two of the eyes of his brother. <laughs> do you know that's, that's the way many of us are? Exactly. He will still have one eye. But then his brother will have no eyes. That's why the Bible says the heart of man is what? Desperately wicked. Very deceitful. Rahab had that attribute. She loved her family. She loved her brothers and sisters. She loved her brethren. Do you love your family? Can you ask that question again? Do you love your family? We have the biological family. We have this family of God. Do you love this family of God? Are you willing to go the extra length to be a blessing to this family of God? Or will you say they should take one of your eyes so that everybody in the church will lose their sight? <laughs> she loved her family. And she was willing to give all for it. Because of the faithfulness of Rahab, brethren, God overlooked her shortcomings. Whatever be your shortcomings, God will overlook them today in Jesus' name. Because eventually, the Bible makes us to understand that Rahab was grafted into the lineage of Jesus. And her faith was rewarded. Matthew chapter 1 verse 5, as we round up. The Bible says, Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 5. Salmon begat Boaz of Rahab. Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. Verse 6. And Jesse begat David the king. And we know the rest of the story. From David the king, his lineage came Jesus Christ. So Rahab the untouchable became Rahab the great, 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 and whatever number of great it is, grandmother of Jesus. She was a Jew. She was in many ways unqualified. But God found her faithful and God used her. The Bible tells me in Hebrews chapter, chapter 11 verse 31. Hebrews 11 verse 31. It says, By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not 
when she had received the spies with peace. So those that did not believe perished. She believed and she did not perish. If you believe this year, you will not perish. The Bible says, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. The glory of God that Mary and Martha saw was that Lazarus came back to life. If you believe, if you want to see the glory of God, whatever it is, the glory of God you desire, God will give it unto you. I said, God will give it unto you. But you have to believe. You have to believe. You have to tell yourself. And that's the word for someone here today. That if God could use Rahab, God can use me. Tell somebody, if God could use Rahab, God can use me. Maybe you can put it out that way. If God can do it for Rahab, God can do it for me. Rahab desired that she would not perish with the people of Jericho. God granted her desire. What is your desire this morning? What is your desire for the new year? What are you believing God for? What are you holding on to God for? More importantly, what can you do for God? If God could find Rahab, and say, so with all your deficiencies, I am going to use you. I'm sure that many of us here, if we want to compare ourselves with Rahab, we are better than Rahab. But Rahab was useful to God. And many are useless to God. Can you ask your neighbor, are you useful to God? Can God trust you with an assignment this year? He's still asking that question. Whom shall I send? Rahab was available. Rahab was useful. Are you available? Are you useful? Can God commit that simple task into your hand this year? At the end of the year, what will be your record in heaven? Will God say, two people came across you this year and they are both in hell? Or will God say, one man came across you this year and that person is saying, because of you, I found heaven? What will be your testimony? What impact would your life make in the lives of others? That is the question for someone here today. I told you I, was, I prepared a message of thanksgiving and we are going to give thanks. But God has a word for somebody here that needs to sit up. Tell somebody sit up. This is the year of his glory. This is the year of divine manifestation. This is the year God will do wonderful things. But God is saying, who shall I send? Who will go for us? God is saying, can I trust you? He looked at Rahab. Rahab made up her mind that God, in the whole of Jericho, I won't allow you to go to another person until you are finished with me. That was, her, that was what she said. And God, not, God used her. God honored her. God glorified her. God is looking for men 
that he will use, that he will be glorified in, that he will lift up. Will he find you worthy? Are you trustworthy? That is very important. That is why we ask that question. Who will God use? If God could use Rahab, what is your excuse? You are the one.